So you're listening to the What's Fashion Technology podcast, the podcast where we talk about any innovation that's revolutionising the fashion industry with technology. In this episode, I speak with James Joseph, who is the founder of Cyber Magazine. Cyber is an augmented reality-enabled print magazine, an augmented reality lifestyle brand that merges digital and physical worlds. Cyber is described as the magazine of the future and believes in enhancing reality, not replacing it. James brings some incredible and inspiring insights on the future of media in relation to AR, AI and digital fashion. I can't wait to hear what you think of this episode, so enjoy. James, the founder of Cyber, a futurist and tech culture brand that has a mission of merging physical and digital worlds through augmented reality. Uh, we're a magazine at the core, um, but this will adapt over the years. We dive more into digital fashion and other culture areas. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's so great to meet you. I think what you're doing is absolutely revolutionary and I've never seen anything of it to this standard before. So what you are creating is called Cyber Magazine. So I want you to explain exactly what this is and yeah, what it does and kind of why you started it as well. So, I mean, why I started it is probably a little more amusing than the the product itself. But I mean, I've always been a bit of a futurist throughout my life. I've kind of sat between both the creative and technology worlds, but I've always thought far into the future, like what could possibly be as we live in the future or how humans may evolve, etc. And I started turning up to parties a few years ago and just talking about the fact that I thought London would be an electric only city within 10 years or the fact that I thought autonomous driving was going to be a thing within the next five or etc and I was pretty boring I must admit you don't want to go to the party and hear something about that so I thought you know what I need to <laughs> have an outlet for this um so that was majority of the reason for starting cyber the other half was that I'd been involved in some AR and VR uh, work in my career and I just really wanted to see how we could merge physical and digital together and it seemed to me that the magazine for both outlets was a really good idea for this and the main USP I suppose for the magazine apart from being a very niche aesthetic and, and focus in content is the fact that our pages have augmented reality enabled so you can pick up your phone and you scan the pages and they come to life in 3d animation so we do these 3d animated cover experiences and uh, throughout the magazine certain pages come to life and it just gives a really interesting digital experience to a physical tangible collector's object it's funny you say that um you used to go to parties and speak about this futuristic idea because I find that me doing my podcast and also just everyone I speak to, it's like everyone has this, like almost attracted to like the futuristic aesthetic in terms of everything that comes within that. And also, yeah, just curious about this topic. So I think it's definitely a thing like everyone who's working within the digital space is kind of that way inclined. So it makes sense that you're saying that. I think it's really, it's really funny. But then when you think of AR... For me right now, personally, I think of Snapchat filters, Instagram filters, things like this. And then you also think of the quality being perhaps not up to a speed where it would be used day to day. But when I was looking at your cyber magazine, the quality seems to be a lot better than, say, Snapchat filters. So I wanted to ask you about that as well and how you've managed to make it look so premium so quickly. Uh, because we've got a great team. No, um, I I love the guys that uh, and girls that... Uh 
work for us and they're, they're all very talented. I think, honestly, it's it's very difficult right now. That's true. I think there is an ability to show off AR at an incredibly high fidelity rate, right? Like it, it can be very high end and very beautiful. The problem is obviously that you don't want your users to have to download gigabytes of files that take 10 minutes and can you use it in the middle of a field or in a small town or instead of, you know, a very high speed internet connection on your phone, etc. It is difficult. And that means that software like Snapchat and Facebook and others that provide uh, AR front end systems, we say, um, they limit it really, really highly because they want that speed and, you know, they want that interactivity to happen very quickly. For us, I think it's very nice to hear that you you think that. Um, I think that we hopefully just get to work with some of the best people in the world. I mean, it's like one of the best parts of my job as such that I get to work with these incredible people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting to see. What I'd like to see is those platforms take a bigger step towards quality, but that will happen with time. It's an early technology in a way. I mean, ARVR has been around for a very long time, but in a way, the, the popularization of it and, and the new ways of doing occlusions and, the, and that kind of thing is is new. But the interesting thing to me is that the way we see it, anyway, the way I see it, is that I think Apple could completely redefine everything and you could really see a situation where snapchat gets into real trouble if they're not careful at the moment i'd say probably of the major like consumer platforms should we say snapchat probably leading it ish in technology wise but the problem is if you think about apple ar kit obviously it works it's great uh, etc but it's not native to camera I don't know if you remember a time before qr codes were native to camera but you used to have to download a crappy qr code app so that you could use a qr code and then obviously apple put it native into camera now imagine they put ar kit native into the the actual user doesn't have to know anything about technology whatsoever they just point their phone at the cover of a cyber magazine or an advertising billboard and it comes to life instantly in AR. There's no intermediary effect they need to do or go somewhere. It will redefine everything. They don't even need to launch AR glasses as a set. When I was looking at Cyber Magazine, my next question to you was, are you designing it with AR glasses as the end goal in mind? Because if someone was, say, walking down the street and then they were at their local shop and they wanted to buy the magazine, have you designed it in the sense that people will have AR glasses already on and then see the AR experience come to life and it stand out to them? Or was that not something you're thinking? I think some of the earliest... Uh talks I've given are, are based on the AR glasses taking over the world. Smartphones are dead. Like, it's over. Smartphone as a technology is done. I even think Apple's results came out yesterday, I think. Again, it shows the same thing. So I'm using Apple as an example. I mean, obviously, Android perhaps exists. But um, you had the, the iPhone 3, which obviously was the kind of instigating moment of that new technology really that was the that was the moment where it became popularized and at a point where it was definably going to be the future and then and then i can't really think where the middle ground was maybe it was the six or seven i can't remember where the next big step was and then the 10 the iphone 10 was huge so much so they took it off sale very very quickly because they realized they'd gone too far almost and i kept my 10 for a long time because it was the best way they ever made and nowadays, very small increments, because all they're doing is is trying to wait until they can release the, the headsets, right? Because that is the next thing. I mean, Elon Musk's correct when he says that all of us are cyborgs, because already, because you have a phone glued to your hand constantly, and you have all of the world's information at your fingertips, and we'll get into chat GPT later, but that's 
absolutely insane. When you look at augmented reality, it is an evolutionary step towards how humans will evolve in a thousand years to 10,000 years time. Like without a doubt. I, I personally wouldn't say it's uh, disagreeable, obviously it probably is, but um, my vision there is is very strong because when you get into real futurist thinking about what humans will become in, in long distance future, it, it just has to be that we have this sense of digital content all around us instantaneously at all times because it will be that it just will be that way so yeah absolutely cyber's been built from the ground always to be that to a point where i'm waiting for the day that either ar kit launches um natively in camera or glasses come out and we will just pull everything we've already done straight over without already every other brand will start to scramble like every we hope anyway we'll start to scramble to try and try and fit but we, we've already done it we just need to check a few boxes you know what i mean that's kind of the goal i think people are kind of resistant to the idea that we'll be in headsets and always attached to technology and seeing everything with this digital layer on top but it's exactly what you said we already have our phones glued to our hands like i know as much as i hate to admit it like if i don't know where my phone is you kind of feel this sense of panic and things like this it is just the natural way that humans are going to go down we're already halfway there so i think yeah it is only a matter of time but I want to ask you the journey of building cyber magazines. When did you start it and what did it take from a technology and a knowledge and just building your team? What did it take to actually get it to where it is today? That's a good question. I mean, in terms of building it, I mean, you know, I founded it in 2018, which allows me the prestigious status of being an OG of the kind of Web3 space, even though I sometimes like I'm, I'm not, don't deserve that. But 2018, 2019, you know, cyber was a thing. It was created, and um, and I was very fortunate at the time to work with some incredible people who then went on to be founders of some of the blue chip NFT projects in in the, in the world. And you know, we were just doing it because we liked it. We were just into it. You know, we did cover with Powers and esports. Uh, player for Fnatic. We did that with MGXS as the artist. That was just, you know, it was cool. I, I really wanted to work with Fnatic. I thought they were a cool esports team. You know, that was the first 3D scan we did as a cover. And that was provided by Benoit at, at Fnatic at the time uh, before he moved on. Um, and that was incredible. And it was great fun. And we did the animation and, and it was cool. Well, what was really interesting was this was before the popularization of NFTs. Obviously, they existed at that point and uh, CryptoPunks, et cetera, were kind of around things. But what was interesting is, you know, I, I can't recall most people uh, at the moment. Let me say like there was, we did something with Nero Studios, who was like Janice, and then obviously Benoit from Fnatic and then MGXS and these people. And then they went on to like most of those people work at one founded Artifact and most of them worked at Artifact now. Um, and then... You know, other people, other artists that we featured back back then. And it just, it was, it was just because we thought it was cool and we liked it and we thought it was fun. And it was this kind of idea of breaking outside of the norm of like a photo shoot or like normal fashion, like allowing fits to be broken, allowing power to be turned into this robot who was glowing from the inside, but he's a human being, you know, it was just fun. And I think that happened. And then in early 2020, maybe just the timing was a bit right, where obviously, unfortunately, COVID happened. But what it did do is it made everybody go digital and everybody 
kind of looked at what we were doing as interesting perhaps and it kind of took off then and then in late 2020 we were fortunate to do a collaboration with cd project red for cyberpunk 27 co the computer game uh where we did it just before the game launched and it blew up and that kind of cemented cyber to be i feel like that was the inflection moment of it being a proper business from kind of like a art culture project maybe perhaps and then like late 2020 where that happened and that was because of covid and then obviously late 2020 was when nfts and web3 took off so then we obviously just kind of ran with it from then i always have this belief that i don't think you need huge amounts of anything to start a business or start a movement or anything i think like you just need yes okay you've got to have experience and talent you know i get that but i think just putting in the work and and just enjoying it something that you're passionate about that you love if you've got that a drive for it to want to see i mean the biggest thing for me as i think i may have already said is i just get to speak with incredible pioneers and learn about their visions of the future and their ideas of how things are occurring and i love it it's like the favorite thing in my life and that's almost what i do i do I get to learn from these incredible people so I think yeah I wouldn't say that anyone needs like a huge amount like it's not like we had a huge amount of, like there was no funding at the beginning there was no nothing you know it wasn't like there was a lot of money put into it or anything we just kind of started it like small small steps at a time organically and I've done businesses before where we have we forced we haven't done it organically and I think that that's always a mistake I feel like what you want to do is build it almost slow and organic because you build a real community you build real people that care about you and you don't create a huge amount of people that don't really know what you're doing yeah exactly it's authentic and also i think if you don't have that genuine passion and interest in something you're not going to keep going with it even if it's the best idea in the world and it's a good business idea i think you have to have that passion in order to actually be bothered to put in the work and like you said now you you love what you're doing every day and it's genuinely your interest and that authenticity comes through of what you're doing but Obviously, we're in the digital space and then we have that natural interest in it. But a lot of people still don't. And I wanted to ask, obviously, you're creating a magazine that's based around new technology and also AR at its foundation. How do we know that this isn't just a fad and things like digital fashion are actually here to stay? It's, it's really, I think about this a lot, but it's, it's very easy for me to answer this. I think... The, the bottom line is that there's no way it's a fad it's it's very easy to explain how it would be how it's not and it is basically if you think of it more like the second internet i think it's easier to grasp that for someone who's not in the space right so obviously for those in other space understand that we're not building an infrastructure second internet technically but just think of it like that so if you go back in history you'll see when the internet first came out, it was seen as a fad. There's newspaper clippings everywhere that say, you know, like people stop using computers and, and all this kind of thing. You know, it, it, you see it time and time again. But the, the bottom line here at this point is that there will be more digital content. Like we will always consume more digital content than we are currently and it will only increase. And that will just increase in 3D, AR, fidelity, VR. Like it's very obvious that would happen. The reason why is a very, like, we can get into the very futurist aspect of it, of like how humans are going to evolve in that direction, but I'll swing back on that in a second. But the it's just inevitable that that will happen. Now, the thing that's interesting is, is that Web3 or not? Because it doesn't have to be decentralized. So 
it could be very centralized. It could be very decentralized. I personally would love a decentralized future. I think that's very interesting. I think it's very uh, helpful for a lot of reasons. But what I know is that that's not a certainty and that could be a fad potentially. But the fact that we're going to consume more digital content is just not. It's just, it's going to be ingrained in our future. So from an AR point of view, that's why I'm so focused on AR because it to me is the only real option there. I mean, we have a saying at Cyber, which is enhancing reality, not replacing it. Don't get me wrong. I think VR and Metaverse was a huge part of the future. And I also love that idea. I use VR a lot. I spend time doing that. But I do see that enhancing your reality is so much more organic and it is so much more acceptable to the general population and is more helpful to everybody. Um, we don't want to get into a situation where we build VR worlds and then die out as a race. Um, I don't know if you've heard yeah. the, the Fermi paradox. No, I haven't. The Fermi paradox is like why we don't know, why we, why we can't find aliens. So why do aliens, like we, uh, there's a universe, we're the only species, supposedly, obviously we're not. So how come this, and there's like 10 theories to within the framework of like what this is. Now, one of them is that it talks about the fact that advanced civilizations at some point potentially start, stop building outwards and start building inwards. So instead of trying to get to Mars, exploring space, going further and further afield, they realize that's very difficult because it is, it's extremely expensive and it's extremely difficult. So they, because computing power is a lot easier and they start to build kind of, you know, next to realistic universes that they can live in or, you know, spaces that they can live in. And that is much easier and much some more solvable. But the problem is you then may end up dying out because you're not looking after the thing that you're, you're living on, right? So it's, it's very interesting. And I think that we have to be careful about that. And that's why I think that AR is, is that option because it just keeps us grounded in our reality yeah. as long as we're not a nation, but there we go. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, I, I cannot see a situation where this isn't going to be bigger and bigger by the year. Yeah, it's literally merging the physical and digital. And I think in that way, it does seem a lot more realistic and a lot and something that inevitably we will interact with more as, as it all evolves. With the Cyber Magazine, who is your target audience? It's, it's interesting because we have quite a broad space for our community. But I mean, my goal is always to take, I've said this a few times to people, but take Hypebeast and take Wired Magazine and then smash them together. I've always, I've always imagined it that way so that we take that kind of culture element and the, the tech side of things and push it together in that way. What's interesting is we have a lot of engineers who are fans of cyber. So we have... Google engineers, Apple engineers, SpaceX engineers who are part of our community. And then we have those who are really on the fashion end of things, whether they're creators, whether they work for fashion brands, etc. And it's kind of this mix of, it's funny because it's where I've said that I've come from, which is I've always been a technologist, but always a creative. Lo and behold, the company attracts both creatives and technologists. I think it's quite broad in that way, but what I really like is, is this juxtaposition of it. And it means that the creatives kind of come together and bring out things and one of the cool things we did recently actually which wasn't um uh it's not necessarily that, that tech 
a heavy, but it is a, from a fashion point, which is one of our community rides where well, he hacks electric skateboards. So he's, he's an electric skateboard rider. What he does is he like takes them apart and then like, I, I don't understand this fully, but I think takes restrictors off, rebuilds the electronics inside them so that it can do higher speeds, better cornering, all that kind of thing. He's even got like backpacks where they're like, like the wired tubing goes into the backpack and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of, it's proper cyberpunk. And he's quite like an inspiration. And then another member of the community thought it was cool that we should make some kind of, cause we do a lot of fictional brands, like in the cyber universe, we create these, like we create adverts in the magazine that are fictional for fictional brands. We thought we'd make it as fictional brand. So we came up with this, he called his, uh, his like, he names the skateboard Grace. So we, we came up with this brand called Hypergrace, which was this idea of Netrunner couriers in a world where the metaverse had collapsed and people had to go back to sending physical drives because it was so slow and, and the, the metaverse had become so slow uh, due to a number of factors that they had to courier these hard drives, big corporations couriering these hard drives between each other. Um, and we came with a courier service called Hypergrace and we did t-shirt designs around it. We did like mission patch designs around it. Um, and they all sold out on, uh, and then things. And I think that's what I love about our, what we do, because it does take, we've got like the fashion creatives and the technologists and electronics type people around. And it kind of merges this sort of melting pot of, of things. And you get cool stories like that. Yeah. I love this, uh, merging of creativity and technology. Like you were saying, I think the role of a creative technologist it's something that I've only just seen, but I think it's going to become bigger and bigger. I think more and more people are going to be interested in this kind of intersection of the two. And it's it's really cool. And I think, yeah, Cyber Magazine completely is the epitome of this in a way. But I, you mentioned, obviously, the fashion side as well. What is your opinion on digital fashion and who are the people who are buying digital fashion? What is the appeal of it? So we're involved in digital fashion. Uh, we've been involved in digital fashion a little bit over the over the last couple of years, but we're about to go very heavily into it, which is it's exciting. We've got a lot of things behind closed doors, which is uh, exciting to release this year, coming out in the next few months. So keep your eyes on. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I think first of all, off the bat, I would just say I love digital fashion when it first, you know, when the fabricant launched that dress originally and, and 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 you know fashion innovation agencies that are doing their work i think it really caught my attention because it broke physics and to me that was awesome the fact that you can wear anything that you imagine and that's possible is great um there's no constriction and you know i used to be a, uh, in fashion before cyber and i think I was always a much bigger fan of women's wear than men's wear. The reason being is because I felt men's wear was very constrictive uh, to what you could actually do. And obviously women's wear, you have so much more option. And I and that's why I love digital fashion. I think it's so uh, innovative uh, from a creative standpoint. And the fashion houses and designers that are out there right now, I think is is really interesting to see what they're doing. The ownership element of it is really interesting, but very in its early stages. And I think that is something to be talked about as in terms of people buying it now i think that there might be some kind of overstate illusion at the moment to what's going on in digital fashion but the point is it's it's about it's a bit like the ar front where we're at a point now where most people understand ar to a point because of instagram because of snapchat but three years ago maybe they didn't and i think in i think digital fashion is in, in that early stage right now where yes it's being bought by and, and used by creatives or technologists it's not a you know, it's not a mass market thing now. And, and the bet is 
how mass market does it get? Now, I think it will. I think it's it's an incredible a new innovation, a new new ecosystem. Um, personally, I like the idea of of ownership. I think what Artifact have done with their world, I think, is incredible, and I think that that's really the way that everyone should be looking at doing this because I think um, I think creating a situation where the customer, if you call it that, because in a new world, I'm not sure if I really want to call it that, uh, has an ownership yes. of that of that brand is is fantastic. It, it completely revolutionizes fashion, turns it on its head. And it's possible with digital fashion where it's not possible with physical, right? Whether you eventually forge physical items or just have digital only. But I think we need to be careful. I think it's it's a really interesting space where there's a lot of platforms out there right now who are vying to be number one and the creators and the actual designers are maybe getting caught up and getting a bit crushed in the process. Um, and I would love to see a situation where those creating those incredible garments are the ones that are rewarded because that's the point of this in the first place in a way where we don't want personally i don't want the world to be owned by an lvmh i'd love it to be owned by several thousand tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of designers equally almost i think mm -hmm. that that'd be much much more interesting and it, it allows creativity to thrive at a much better rate yeah, it's so it's so interesting you say that because I think I was listening to something or reading something where it's saying that right now we're in the time where we're building the creative economy or creator economy and it's really going to be defined whether it's owned by the creator or by some big brand and we obviously want it go, we want it to go down the route of being owned by the actual creators and yeah the people who are designing these amazing digital things or whatever are getting the credit and not being crushed like you said so very interesting time and yeah hopefully it goes down that route but I wanted to ask you as well how do you personally on a day-to-day -day basis interact with things like digital fashion or AR? It's, it's interesting but I mean it's a little bit unfair to ask someone like me because as a, a futurist you kind of research and end up as I said before speaking to incredible people so you end up always testing or using the technology uh, from a or should I say from a kind of interest point of view right so if I try and take that out of the equation, I mean, I use AR and VR daily uh, in my life from a work perspective and a personal perspective. Um, you know, programs like Unmatched where you work in complete VR, which is, it's weird when you start using it, but once you get used to it, you don't understand why people work in reality almost. Uh, you know, I'm the kind of person that has three screens on a desk and is between all three of them. But as soon as I go VR and I can have that, the same setup but anywhere in the world it's very interesting you can be in a not on a business trip but in a hotel room and you've got the same setup you've got a home price like it makes sense right you can see why that works but i think like with digital fashion the kind of photo tailoring that was done in that in kind of I, that was a trend maybe what like it moved so quickly right but uh let's say it was like a trend like eight ten months ago right um i found that really interesting and i use that a lot personally just for my personal i thought it was more interesting to be trying on these incredible designers and doing um more like physics breaking looks than kind of what i would be used to normally but i fell out of love with that very quickly because i think it's i don't like the non-ownership part of it right like it's like when you get a photo tailored it's you're renting that item because you're paying for it to be done on one photo you're, you don't there's no ownership there right and whereas obviously the ar element is much more interesting because you can 
once you have that filter, you can do a num like infinite use, right? Um, so I think I play around with AR fashion as, in a personal sense much more uh, than that. I think sneakers to me is like a big one where there's a few people that do, you know, sneaker try-on apps and things like that, which is I use it all the time. Try-on is like a big thing for me. And it's something that I find with cyber as well. Like the whole point of it, we did try-on with Isabel Boromecki in the eighth issue that we did with DressX. And like, we, we've done a few things like that. And it, it the, the reason is because I believe, especially with the magazine, if you read a, a typical fashion magazine and you see a Prada advert or a, a Chanel advert, or et cetera, you don't really get to experience the the piece of the item of clothing. You don't get to really see whether you want that at full level. You're just getting the brand vision, right? For that collection, et cetera. Um, but you scan the page and you get a 3D, a high fidelity 3D model of the handbag or the jacket or, or the dress and you can see it, interact with it. Maybe you can even try it on in that moment. Um, and then you can kind of decide whether you would like to buy it, whether you wear it, whether that's your kind of brand, whether you associate with that brand or not, whether that's kind of your vibe. It's so much more interesting. And and that's kind of where I fit with the, the whole digital fashion AR side of things, I think. It's funny when you say that you can totally imagine having a conventional fashion magazine, but being able to see a product and then get to experience it in AR. That seems just so right and it seems like so it's good for the brand because obviously it's a way to sell your product better and showcase show it off better than that's the point of a magazine in a way and then also it's good for the consumer because yeah it's like try before you buy so I think that's actually a real viable use case that people a lot of people will actually be able to see the value in that straight away it's funny because I interviewed Dodd so he's an augmented reality artist um, and he was saying that he believes that conventional fashion brands are going to offer a subscription model or could do this, could offer a subscription model and the consumer is sent the clothes as digital products and then they're able to try them on um, that way. And I think that's also a, another use case for this. I suppose that would be a bit more in the future because the technology would have to be right. But I think, yeah, virtual try-on, especially for the sneaker world as well, I think it it will definitely be a big thing. But I wanted to ask you, obviously, there's so many different use cases for all of these things, but what is your favorite part about all this innovation? I mean, I love so much, but I think it's so difficult to pick a certain one. I mean, I think the easy answer from a kind of basic point of view is the evolution of of the AR technology in the last 12 months from, you know, Snap and, you know, simple AR front end systems like uh, like uh, Snap and, and, and Instagram AR have evolved very quickly. I mean, you couldn't even really do proper occlusion that well. Uh, and, you know, Snap, it, as soon as they launched their better body occlusion, it made, made things a big difference. So it's quite, you can see how quickly that can go. And I think that uh, as soon as we get better occlusion and, and things there, that would be very cool. I think the mocap and vocap stuff, especially the, you know, um, Fashion and Innovation Agency are doing is incredible. I mean, I still, I always talk about this like little thing that they do and it's not even, I, I swear it's not even a big deal for them, but being able to do, they do this thing where they can capture a full catwalk show. Uh, like you could do five people in a row, in a room with five GoPros and you can do a full mocap capture of that, of like digital, of those people walking down the catwalk uh, in full digital form avatars with no mocap suit. And that still blows my mind because 
the like the entry technology there the entry price is is nothing compared to like the big studios that would want that would have to do that in the past um i mean even if you look yeah. at someone like uh blue like xanadu the 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 show if you've not seen it check it out on youtube it's uh done by a guy called Corey, incredible and he makes a whole show about a guy called blue and he acts it directs it writes it and he does use my capsule because it's a different uh thing but uh, again it's incredible when you start to think about the digital fashion elements in that where but the big one that's popped out is ai and i think the biggest thing we'll see is a generational shift in six to eight months with ai and how ai impacts creation which own it literally has opened pandora's box because it's open yeah. pandora's technology sense but it's open pandora's box in a creative sense and we've already got like a sociological problem of people arguing over rights usage whether it's ethical already right like it's incredible to see it happen live even chat gpt even though that's not visual it's incredible to see what that can bring you know we're already using it a number of ways including a project we're doing right now where where artists and creators are putting their ideas and their works that aren't finished into AI to bring back um, new ideas to like to evolve their idea to see where it takes it and then whether that's a fashion editorial whether that's a cover editorial whether it's a fashion design and then come back with but it's it's still their work right so it's quite an interesting time but I. I I truly believe that AI yeah. is probably going to shift for it. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It feels like it's kind of blown up overnight. It's crazy the kind of opinions that have been, that have like sparked up from just the topic of AI, but it's undoubtable that it's going to be a thing. It's, I mean, it is a thing. It is being used because it's just, it's just so valuable. But what do you think in terms of when it comes to this idea creation and design, how do you think it can be used AI can be used in a way that doesn't completely take away the kind of human creativity. It's really interesting because the thing is, I think when you when you get into real like macro thinking, you start to try. I don't know whether I'm way off on this, but the way that I see it is that my if I was to draw a picture in front of me right now, it wouldn't be very good because I'm not an artist. <laughs> but uh, I. I would draw, if I was to draw, say, a robot in front of me, I would probably draw something that looks similar to, that has influences from Metropolis, the film from like the 1950s, 60s, whenever that came out. Originally, the Metropolis, the, the anime reboot of it, maybe from Soriyama, like influences like that. And I would, I would draw that. But the reason why I'd pick those influences are things that I have seen in life. And then I'm pulling those references. Um, and those are things that I like right so if i told an ai to draw a picture of a robot or to draw a robotic dress it would also go and pull those references or different references on its own and come up with this image now the difference is that i have experienced those things organically right so i can't like face that I, if I've been to a Burberry fashion show, I can kind of remember what was there in my mind and then replicate it or like take an influence from it. 
Um, the question is, where does that, where's the threshold for that, right? Where's the line that is the problem? Yeah. Like, where's the line where it's not okay to it is okay? And I think the problem is that it is that kind of ability to trace automatically. And the, also the ability that it's not choosing uh, itself, right? Because it's obviously not sentient. But I don't think it needs to be sentient to choose. I think once we see a situation, I think it would evolve very quickly, where any AI program decides to pick from certain areas, but it makes decisions on its own, is starting to see it create. The thing is, I don't think some people with the whole AI movement realize how difficult it is in a way. Like it's very easy to write in um, an eagle sitting on a computer screen and it will pump it out, but it will pump out something that's weird or that looks strange. It's not exactly what you want. I mean, we created a t-shirt design with AI and our prompt was five lines long and it took like so long to get what we needed. We had to change so much about the prompt and the prompt actually ended up being very unlike what we actually wanted, right? So when you see these kind of AI creators or, or AI designers, fashion designers, they're creating incredible results, but it's not easy. I mean, somebody we're working with at the moment yeah. who creates these incredible like elven, they're like elven futuristic handbags and shoes, incredible. And it's like nothing you've ever seen before and you wouldn't be able to make it in reality. And the thing is, it's not copying it from other designers or other elements because of what the result is, is completely something that is completely fresh and new. That's how AI needs to be used. And I think we need to get into a way that creators get on board with working with AI, not pushing against it because it's happening and it's going to, it's, I, I liken it to the electric car move, which is electric cars aren't necessarily better like you can argue hydrogen cars could be better than like hydrogen fuel cells are better than electric for the planet for the future but tesla became very popular doing electric cars making them very well and so the whole industry shifted to creating electric cars um and, and hydrogen cars were kind of put on the back burner and, and as such if they'd have made our hydrogen car very well everybody would be making hydrogen cars and i think it's that fact that you'll see the whole world moves very quickly towards AI. Google are already scrambling to rebuild Google with AI integrated into it because ChatGPT will crush. It was just true. Like I earlier today, I needed to look something up. Um, uh, it was actually a fashion term that was very obscure. And I had to search mm. 10 results on Google to try and find the full thing I was looking for. Couldn't find it, put it into ChatGPT, gave me the answer within half a second with references. Like, you see what I mean? Like it will, and that's the thing. I think that it's just the power of the movement. Now, I'm very aware of the ethical standpoint from creators, but we have to kind of look at how we can deal with that. And I think, I, I kind of think it's similar. The difference, like, I'm not a fan of Richard Prince, the artist, because I feel like he plagiarizes far too much. For example, he did these Instagram artworks where he would take pictures of off Instagram of people and then like redo the comments underneath. And they would sell for like a hundred thousand pounds each, right? One day I saw yeah. one of his work, very famous artist, and it had a picture of my friend. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I text her and I said, oh my God, you're in a Richard Prince, it's incredible. Like, How much did he pay you? This is incredible. And she said, what? And he'd just yeah. taken a rip. Now that doesn't mean that all artists in that sense are bad. It just means that artist has oh. plagiarized her work, right? And I think that, or like taking yeah. her photo without her, probably more like what happened there. So I think like we just have to have that 
you know, the artist we're working with, who's an incredible Elvin Humberg, is creating it all from this original idea. And there'll be artists out there who are working off. Well, it's just the same as normal. It's just with a new technology. No, it's this interesting, with that, it's this interesting blurred line with kind of the world we live in and how people share so much of their work and content and where where is the line with being able to use that for other work. But I think with the with the AI stuff, I think your answer is, I'm so glad you've said it because even me, like asking these questions, it's coming from a place of really not understanding what goes into being an AI artist. And I completely appreciate how hard it is to actually create things within the AI technology that are good. Cause like you said, you can get some really weird results if you just put in random stuff. So there is a lot more that goes into it. And I think obviously there's always going to be creative people. There's always going to be artists. They don't want AI to create the ideas for them. It's just another tool to use to enhance what can be done. So I think the way you've put it is, is a really great way to sum it up. And I think it's, it's very interesting and should be viewed in a positive light as well, but there's a lot to be understood from it. But, um, I obviously have to ask you, um, about because you create a physical magazine obviously with this digital layer on top i want to ask about your sustainability considerations and yeah how do you ensure that obviously living in this modern world that every brand everything has to have a sustainable consideration so i wanted to ask you um your perspective on this obviously we have a physical element we're just talking about the magazine for a quick second like uh, like the the quick the the corporate answer would be the fact that the magazine actually is it's an FSC approved magazine. So obviously it all comes from sustainable forest and everything. Obviously it's fully recyclable, which is very useful. Um, but also actually we use vegetable based inks, which is also quite cool, which I quite like. And it also looks great. It. But that's really boring and that's really that. basic. That's just standard, right? But <laughs> we start about actual like, like consumption is more where I would take this. So for me, the ability to do the AR and change the AR out right on the magazine is very interesting because it means that you only need like a few magazines and you could have eight magazines worth of content right because we can change it out anytime we want so you're reducing a, an element there and we've come up with ideas before where we've got actually got maybe something launching soon where we want to change out the AR content regularly right so it kind of gives you more of an experience from a same physical object right which again reduces consumption but I think what's interesting is that a lot of people try and fight back on digital fashion or try and fight back with, you know, though you know, the 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 making process of digital fashion as oh you're using computers, you're using server power, all this kind of thing. And it, it's not net zero, right? Like people will say that it's such a great sustainable thing because a digital fashion dress is net zero, and then the the, the argument is server power or computing power, et cetera, electricity. But what is really interesting is like our sustainability problem is consumption it's not how something is done right so whether everyone became vegan or not there's still the amount of consumption that is right now obviously from becoming vegan would be a way better situation um environmentally but the same thing with fashion where if everyone if people reduced the amount of red meat they ate instead of completely uh turned vegan but everyone actually did it yeah. would be a better situation right it's consumption that's the real big problem. No matter how much digital fashion you consume, the only thing that could go up is server power. And server power is inevitably going to become free sustainability so the, from clean energy, like inevitably. 
I mean, we've had this incredible fusion energy breakthrough this year, last, end of last year. Um, and there are other things, but even like that's on a tiny scale. If we start to talk big scale, we're a type one civilization. Well, we're not. We're a type 0.7 civilization. We're not, not type one yet. But as soon as we get to like type two, which may take a thousand years, mm-hmm. we'll have we'll be able to pull all the power we ever need from our sun and that'll be it. We'll just have a Dyson sphere that surrounds the sun and we won't need anything else, right? So it's it's only a matter of time to make all energy free and clean and but it's not a matter of time to make synthetic fake fur which is made from oil or like fake leather which is made from oil or leather which is made from animals like it's you know it's it's not like all that's consumption so i think that from a sustainability Mm. view it's just obvious it's a bit like the crypto situation where crypto was seen as very bad environmentally bad and i've i'd always said that as soon as they flip the switch from a proof of work to a proof of stake situation like your arguments invalid and of course they did ethereum luckily flipped the switch last year and it went from it did a 99 percent reduction in energy right so we're just talking about energy instead of this kind of fast fashion world of primark and other brands where you know and and, and obviously that kind of the obviously the big thing as part of it is just uh where does workforce go and i think that's always the argument right so with with the kind of sustainability side i can see a very easy route where fashion becomes one of the worst polluters on the planet to maybe one of the best polluters on the like least polluters on the planet we've got they've got huge workforces that they would need to potentially support um so how merge into that digital side because right now i think while it's quite easy for some of us to be able to go down that digital design route or pick up those tools, you do need to be in a very privileged situation to start off with. Um, yes, yeah. you can download, or you can download Marvelous Designer and you can download Blender, but you do need an extremely fast running computer and you do need a great internet connection and you do need those things. So I think it's a very interesting time for fashion because it, it can tidy its um sustainability credentials up very quickly but it has to be done the right way but what i do love with ar is that like you mentioned very simply it offers the ability to have something physical but refresh it and then give it new life without actually having to create something again physical and i think that is just one way very simply that you can obviously see the sustainability benefit and it's it's a really cool avenue to go down with magazines and also fashion as well. I wish we had all the time in the world because I feel like, yeah, your wealth of knowledge on this is just incredible. But unfortunately, we don't. But I want to ask you some closing questions. So I want to ask you what you think the future of media is. If I knew, then I would be very rich man indeed. <laughs> no. it's, to me, there's two separate verticals, right? So you've got kind of digital media which eventually has turned into this website model, um, which is awful. It makes me feel so like queasy. Have you? I don't know if anyone who listens maybe reads like Business Insider, for example, but that is a great example. If you go to Business Insider's website, which is seen as one of the most like prestigious tech, you know, or like websites probably in America, it's extremely hard to read anything they put out because the amount of banner adverts that are on that website is nauseating. I mean, the same thing happens with Vogue, if we're not, if we're honest. 
and obviously those brands they're not run by stupid people they know that that's an incredibly bad user experience and, and like experience for the consumer but they have to do it because it's the only way they can stay alive and it's just obvious that that is the wrong method right so for me i don't think that full digital is the answer because if it's being funded by adverts at any point in that level it's just a horrible experience and what we're trying to do is create an incredible experience for people like that's what we want to do we want to create a much better an interaction for people with media right um then print media on the other side on the on the other vertical is dying out as well because it's so archaic i mean let's be honest here um it's so archaic and again it's fully funded from advertising which makes it very difficult i mean you get Anybody who know who read fashion magazines, the first 50 pages is taken up by adverts. And then your next 200 pages are normally made up by you unbeknowing the fact that it's all adverts anyway from brands that they've got deals with. Whereas as soon as we kind of merge both, we kind of get freedom, which is really interesting to me. I mean, like cyber's profitable and it doesn't have any adverts. It has fictional adverts, which are fun, but it doesn't have any like actual adverts. And you know, it's it's much more interesting because it gives that experience, better experience to the consumer. Who knows where the future of media is really going to end up, but I'm here to try and find out and I'm here to revolutionize it. I mean, it's just that we want to have this kind of place where people can get inspired, get involved, have community, find out more things. And I think I always felt like magazines in the past have always had this issue where they've never caught on that you could really create it's one of the best places to create a community you've got so many readers who want to like and and those readers are so uh creative and some of them will be writers some of them will be technologists some of them will be photographers some of them will be 3d artists some of them will be fashion designers and yet you're talking down to them you're push it's a push media right you're there's no interaction um, and we love to get our community involved inside, but like if you're around in our community for even a hot minute, you probably end up writing something or doing something because um, we are always want to integrate those people into it. So I'm hoping that we'll get a nice creator economy of media uh, revolution with AR in the near future. I mean, that was an incredible answer. It's like very, very inspiring. And it's so true just thinking now of like a conventional physical uh, magazine yeah it does seem so outdated and that's why exactly cyber is a hundred percent the future and i just i'm obsessed and i cannot wait to see where it goes so the final question is what do you think is the next big thing for digital fashion it's just ai <laughs> it's gonna be my answer for everything for like the next six months which is ai on, I just I I'm seeing maybe the front end of behind the scenes front end of what's possible right now and what people are doing and well unfortunately I can't mention any of it right now. Um, it, it I think there is an underestimation of how it's going to be used. Um, and I think you're going to see that the fashion industry and the des fashion design industry is going to start using it from a brand level, like a personal brand level, more than. Imagine when uh, Louis Vuitton has its own AI, like as a, as a thing, right? That, that's, that's really, I think, where we could see. And I, I'm seeing this kind of thing happen already. Uh, people developing their own 
like AI off the back of these bigger things and then having creation from this. So human and AI working together over the next six to eight months, we're going to see some incredible things and, and it will revolutionize what the designs and aesthetics that we're used to. Like we always say that fashion repeats, right? We've always said that and it's because it does. And now it won't because a computer will start inventing things that you've never imagined possible. And then a computer will start designing things that you don't even know how to make or design yourself. And then a computer will work out how to make those things and then we'll be taken out of the equation, right? Like it's, it's, it gets to a kind of crazy level where the reason why brands and people will have their own AI to design things is because the race will get much more intricate and much more, um, imaginative and creative i hope anyway wow well it's very very exciting and yeah and very inspired and i cannot wait to see how it all unfolds but where can people learn more about cyber magazine and oh i mean just make sure you drop the e because we don't like vowels at cyber magazine so any of just cybr magazine anywhere on the the first internet um, and then, uh, yeah, just check it out. I mean, I think additionally to that, we're doing stuff at NFT Paris this year, and we should be doing stuff at NFT New York City as well, a um, couple of other places. But I think Instagram and maybe Instagram is probably our best for visuals. Um, and then obviously our website. But yeah, just I won't plug it too much. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I've you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.